When I was in heaven, I was told that the angels in these last days, they're going to increase in presence in people's lives because we find ourselves behind. We as humans have fallen behind the learning curve. So right now, some of the things that you're encountering, they're going to go away really quickly and you're not going to know why. I'm telling you by the Spirit of God that I was told that angel visitation was going to increase because the angels would have to get us up to speed for the events that must come to pass on this earth in this generation. When I was five years old, uh, I had a, my very first angel encounter. Um, wow, five years so old. I was five and an angel walked in my bedroom and mm. just walked right in. And for me, it was as real as me sitting here talking to you. The angel was there and um, I was playing with my dollhouse. He came to me and we were playing with my dollhouse, which is weird for people to understand, but angels actually, there are very playful angels, just in case you were wondering. Yeah, so we were playing and um, I asked him who his name was and he said, his name is Timothy, I'm your guardian angel. And we talked for a little bit. I asked him if I could touch his wing. Um, and it wasn't like my hands went through his wing. Um, I felt the warmth of his wing tip. And I grabbed the end of his wing tip as any five-year-old would out of just curiosity. You know, I just was like, I want to touch that thing. <laughs> so I grabbed the end of it, um, felt the warmth of it. And then after a little bit, he said, well, I've got to go now. And I said, well, will you be back? And he said, well, of course, I'm your guardian angel. And then just like that, he was gone. Also in 2009, Jesus enters the room you're in and gives you an assignment. Tell me what that was. What a wonderful night that was. Uh, again, I was in my room and the uh, presence of the Lord became tangible, heavy, thick, so powerful that I, I slipped out of bed and knelt there by my bed, and the one I love came and uh, commissioned me. He says, I, I'm commissioning you to do this translation project, and he breathed on me, just blew his breath upon me. I'll never forget that experience. And he promised me that, that he would give me help, that he would stand with me and give me secrets of the Hebrew uh, language, secrets of the Bible, that would be for this last day's awakening. And uh, that was the beginning of the Passion Translation Project. D did he tell you the name of the Bible? No, he didn't. He just So where'd you come up with the word Passion Translation? Well, uh, years ago, I saw an angel named Passion in our church meeting. And uh, the Lord spoke to me, not, not audibly, but internally, and said, that angel is with your ministry. It's the angel of Passion. What are some of the most like un unusual uh, angels where you you wouldn't even recognize it as as an angel and you discerned it later? Okay, I uh, I was sitting on my porch typing on a, a book I was writing in Moravia Falls, North Carolina, and it can get really mystic there. the The clouds can come down uh, house level, and you're just in you're just sur surrounded by clouds. And it, it was a wonderful time. I'm just working away on the uh, computer writing this book, and I hear a jet. What I thought was a jet plane. I mean, just like a jet on the runway. And I thought, who would fly a plane that low in this kind of, this kind of uh, weather? And it got louder and louder. And I thought, oh my, so I set my computer down and I walked to the west end of my porch and I'm looking, I'm expecting any moment for this plane to burst through and an angel burst through. It was an angel and making all that sound. And he unfurled. He was maybe 50 feet tall up in the air with wings wider than my house. And he looked at me and I'm looking at him and he made a declaration, prepare the king's chariot. Wow. And, and I said, what? And he said, prepare the chariot of the king and took off. So every time you open your church, every time you preach the gospel, you're preparing a vehicle for the Lord, a chariot of the king. Isn't that something? That is. That's the incredible. The people are the chariot of the king, the one that brings in the vessels of the Lord. Isn't that wild? That is. That's Angels awesome. are really real. Uh, every one of us have seen angels. And sometimes you don't even recognize them. And uh, have you ever been in your house and all of a sudden you thought you saw a foot go by the door? Yeah. Or you thought you saw mm -hmm. a hand by the door? Yeah. Uh, ask that most of the time that's a watcher angel. And get them to materialize. Ask, ask to see them. 
Yeah, awesome. I was at my house one time, 2 o'clock in the morning, by myself, up in the mountains, and I'm typing away on a book again. Da, 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 da. And, I'm t- and see, I'm the only human being in the house, and I'm typing away. And right there, right where my hand is, an angel appeared. Scared the crud out of me. I screamed at him, oh, what are you doing? He goes, I'm watching over you. Why? You need it. Just like that. Yeah, I, awesome. I'm screaming to him. He's screaming at me. Yeah, that's true. They respond. The first time I spent the night in the, the house that they had built for us, a cabin, I, I hear a noise on the porch, step out there, there's 14 to 18 angels. And wow. they, they had not had a commission since uh, the 1700s when uh, Zinzendorf wow. and those guys wow. were there. Wow. The first question out of their mouth was, what took you so long? See, they didn't have anybody to give them a commission till because of, uh, you know, nobody been there. Isn't that amazing? That is, that is. Wow. When it comes to commissioning angels and, 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 and engaging them, what, what kind of instruction do you have on that? They're See, here the kind to of help thing, us. I mean, can you do that by faith? Like, if you're not really a seer, can you be like, uh, angels of God? Like, yeah, is, that, is that legit? Is that yeah. okay to do? Psalms 104, verse 4. So they're ministering spirits. Yeah. They're winds of fire. They're here to help us. Okay. They're, they're sent down to aid us who are the heirs of salvation. Yeah. And the word aid means to assist us. Yeah. And uh, like I said, angels are stronger than us, but yeah. they're under us. And uh, God really wants us to move to the place to where we're really operating as sons and daughters of the Most High God, Amen. where we can we can really uh, uh, we can begin to direct heaven's help uh, for us. Because listen, we're not in any battle by ourselves. Yeah, man, you study angels in the Bible. Wow! And when they come and fight along this beside God's people, it's pretty amazing. Wow, that's awesome. Well, you probably already figured out that today's episode has to deal with angels. And this is a very popular topic in the hypercharismatic movement in the New Apostolic Reformation. Angels are talked about a lot. There's books written about them. I, I touch on this every time I do an episode with these types of topics, but you will see if you look up on Amazon or, or just on Google, you're going to find a plethora of books on many different areas. And deliverance is one of the uh, big selling points, spiritual warfare that you'll find many books on. And angels is another one. And so I wanted to touch on this today because there was a recent clip I was sent from Chuck Pierce. Uh, I did not receive it directly from Chuck Pierce, but I received it from a brother in Christ who sent it to me. And this, this clip from a recent Zoom meeting, it looked like, that Chuck was giving this revelation about these angels that he saw around the United States. And I did a little digging, as I normally do, and found a couple other sources where he talked about this, both at the service itself in South Carolina, and then he talked about it again um, on Dutch Sheets broadcast on Giving 15, if you're familiar with that. And so I wanted to share some of those things because there was a discrepancy, and to also point out um, the, the concerns there are with focusing so much on angels and and how unbalanced this can be, uh, that it's problematic, and and what we need to understand that Scripture has to say about angels. Now, there are many people that I could have covered. If Again, if you go on social media, if you go on Google, if you even go on YouTube, you're going to find, again, a gamut of videos that people are claiming that they've seen angels. I've talked to angels. You heard Anna Warner say that when she was five, she played with angels in her dollhouse. Uh, you're going to hear people such as Kat Kerr that they uh, essentially almost threaten people. And again, you cannot find this video from Elijah List because they took it down. But you're going to hear people like her threaten people that if they say anything against her, that she's going to send angels after them. I will just say this. I live in Florida. If you're making notes to come and take me down, you'll have to face these 150 angels who are with me. <laughs> I always have to give a warning. You will not live in a, a decision like that. Uh, the father has adamantly told me, you're not going to let anybody take my life. That's not a challenge to you. That's a warning for your, your safety. So this is it. I've heard teachings from people that have been on Sid Roth about uh, the angels get bored. You just heard Bobby Connor um, allude to that same thing, that he was praying in North Carolina with some people and that the the angels that were there that were commissioned by Zinzendorf back in the 1700s, I believe, they were telling them that wh- why had it taken so long for someone to say anything to them or commission them because that no one had told them anything to do. It was almost like they had nothing to do. We, 
the the question I want to ask you is, do you see that in scripture? Do you see angels that are bored or decommissioned or have nothing to do? Or when angels appear in scripture, do they go with a purpose and who sends them? Do we command them? Do we commission them? Or does God send them? I think you probably don't know the answers to this if you've been looking at scripture, but we're going to look at this today and look at this particular incident with Chuck Pierce. Just get ready because some of it sounds a little wild, um, but I want to look at it and then go to scripture and see what scripture has to say on the matter of angels. Hi there, and welcome to the Love Six Scribe podcast, where we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and where we grow in loving the word and loving the one who is the word, Jesus Christ. I am Don Hill, and I am the Love Six Scribe. Well, if you're familiar with Chuck Pierce, you're going to know that he uh, runs in the circles with other apostles and prophets that are self-professing apostles and prophets. And he has uh, been on one of my other episodes before, at least one where I've covered about him going to the border and that they took a tuning fork with them. If you ever listened to that episode and that there was a sound that they said that they created in a cadence and they were beating a drum while they were on the border and that they were establishing um, a bloodline there. They were decreeing and declaring over the border and securing the border through the blood of Jesus and making a different cadence there and such with the tuning fork and drums and their chanting. And it, w- it was interesting to say the least. So I wanted to look at this today because you may have seen this already from other ministers and you may not have seen it, but there was a Zoom call that was held uh, recently and there were a few people that were on there and they were talking about the strategic warfare, spiritual warfare, if you will, but they weren't talking about the demonic entities. This time they were actually talking about the angels and releasing a special sound and all these different things they focused on um, and divine revelation and uh, hidden knowledge that, that God was revealing to them. It was, and it was all very vague, though. It was not very specific until we got to the point where Chuck Pierce shared his vision about the angels that he saw. So let's start there with that Zoom call, and then we're going to work our way around so I can share some other clips with you. And we're going to note some interesting things as we go along. So I feel like what God is demonstrating here in Alaska is significant for the entire United States. Well, remember with Windwalkers, we've all always seen that what happens there in Alaska, the wind blows it down into the uh, uh, mainland here. And that becomes so important for us to understand that because the Spirit of God there, when the Spirit of God is moving in Alaska, I believe the wind of the Spirit will be blown. Let me show you all. I don't think I've done this with uh, Alaska, but let me show you what the Lord showed me when Dutch and I were in South Carolina this year. And I think it was July. Uh, The Lord caught me up. And I know I've shared it publicly, but it's very important to Alaska because I saw, first of all, four ruling angels surrounding America. And that angel at the top was aligned where Alaska and Maine meet in the atmosphere. And so I believe that's very important also that we understand that the ruling angel from the north is uh, some way aligned with what is happening there in Alaska. I just want to stop you so that you get a visual of this as we keep going. But he has a picture of the map of the United States along with Canada up top because you can't get away from that. It's, It's it's attached to the United States. And he's showing on there, he's he's making this visual of four angels that are surrounding on each side of the United States, north, south, east, and west. And he mentioned about, which was, it was kind of weird, but he talked about how Alaska and Maine are united in the spirit and that that angel um, is significant over what is happening in the north. So just wanted to catch you up in case you're confused, because sometimes, I'll be honest with you, when I'm listening to Chuck Pierce, I have a really difficult time. But when I listen to him, I just feel so confused after I, I quit listening because it, it's just, I feel like I'm listening to to someone speak a, a completely different language and it's it's incoherent. And so I, I struggle listening to it because it tries to, it, it seems like it sounds profound, but it just brings confusion. The last I checked, God is not the author of confusion. So let's just keep going with this. Then all of a sudden, 
51 angels entered in and surrounded uh, America. Now, perhaps you're asking the same question I am. Maybe you're not. But I remember learning the 50 states song when I was a young kid. I can sing it. I sing it to my my daughter all the time in homeschooling. And it always impresses her. You're probably not being impressed by it. So I'm not going to sing it for you on here. But I remember there being 50 states. So he said there were 51. Now, I don't know if he's assigning one to Washington, D.C., to Puerto Rico. I don't know, because Puerto Rico is technically part of the United States. And Washington, D.C. is not considered um, a, a state in and of itself. Um, but at any rate, that was just really interesting to me, and he never, to my knowledge, clarifies what that could be. Well, we'll just keep listening, see what Mr. Pierce has to say. And for the first time I knew as we were headed into this year that we're in, America was surrounded by angelic activity. And Mary, I really think what you're describing is uh the portion of that activity that is dwelling over that northern part ruled by that ruling angel that God has sent. These are governmental angels. They're uh, more like seraphim that have commanding glory to them. And and I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt there were 51 angels. I, I have no idea. I didn't have to count them. I just knew. And what the Lord said beginning at Passover, these angels would start being assigned to each state. Now, I want you to keep listening to and paying attention to what he says following this, because he's going to talk about how they're assigned to each state. There's going to be judgment for each state based on decisions that are made. And there's an interesting thing that he says about the angel swords. Please pay attention to that, because that's something I want to focus on in in what we're talking about. I don't want to just focus all on that, but I think that there's a, a discrepancy that we're going to hear about these angels and their swords that we need to just take note of for other references to other videos. And they continue to go on to talk about Alaska, um, stating that there's going to be some prophetic things that happen in Alaska that are going to flow down and affect and, assen and essentially affect the United States. And just to give you some perspective on when this was done, this was a Zoom call that was uh, Chuck Pierce speaking with the leaders of Kingdom Alliance Network in Alaska on March 21st of 2023. Now, leaving from there, I found two other sources I want to share with you um, regarding this topic. And I just found it interesting when I started listening to them because I heard this clip first that someone sent to me and then I found the original clip that's a little longer. It's like it's it's almost about nine and a half minutes long that you can find. And then I started digging around and I wondered, hmm, I wonder if, if there's any mention of this anywhere else. And lo and behold, I found a couple of areas where it was mentioned. So I wanted to play those for you. Now, please remember something I just said a few minutes ago. Notice what he says about the angels. And notice what he says. It's a very small detail, but I think it's something to, to make note of. Please note what he said in that Zoom call. And if you don't remember, let me just refresh your memory. He said the angels he saw, they had their swords sheathed. They were not out. They had their swords in their sheaths. Please remember that. And you might wonder, why are you mentioning that? Well, you're about to find out. I came across this clip. It was on Destiny Image YouTube channel. And it was a 16 and a half minute clip that they shared from, it was titled Prophetic Vision, 55 Warrior Angels Surrounding America, Chuck Pierce. I'm going to start at about two, two minutes, 23 seconds in because Chuck is on a stage in South Carolina at a church service and he's getting ready to say that the, the person leading the worship was the one that began setting the atmosphere for what was to take place. And then a lady named Leanne mentioned about angels, north, south, east, and west. Chuck is getting ready to launch into this vision that he sees of these angels, the same thing that he shared on this Zoom call regarding the, the meeting with the, the leaders in Alaska on March of this year. This video was posted eight months ago. So this service took place, I think Chuck ends up saying to Dutch Sheets on another video clip we're going to listen to here momentarily, that it was in July of 2022. So just listen to this and, and hear what he says about this same vision. Something happened when James got us up into a place and Leanne said, uh, angels, north, south, no, yeah, you said north, south, east, and west. And all of a sudden, I saw this, these angelic beings take their stand 
on the perimeter of America. Now, that's going to include the other side of Hawaii now. It's going to include past Maine. It's going to include the highest point of north that you can go, which is right between Alaska and Russia. And it's going to include the south below any border that's been shut. And then something happened. All of a sudden, 51, I want to say, 51, these angels took their stand when she said north, south, east, and west. But then 51 angels were sent, standing and recreating this entire perimeter. Now, it didn't look like what we know as the United States because it's a bigger perimeter. It has the ring of fire in it. And all of a sudden, these angels stood about two feet lower than the angels that were activated by the worship. And they read it their sword. Did you hear that? In July of 2022, when he gave this vision in South Carolina that he saw these angels, the four angels that are on the the four air, the perimeters, the north, south, east, and west, and then the 51 angels, he said, I believe it's 51 angels. I just now caught that re-listening to it again. But he says they readied their swords. But then in March of this year, he tells the people in Alaska this same vision and there's a discrepancy. You'll hear it again on his conversation in his conversation with Dud Sheets in a bit. But I just have to ask, would a prophet of God not have the same recollection? If this was really from God and these were really angels he was seeing, this was a, a, a truly divine, divinely inspired vision that he was given by God. Would there be that discrepancy? That may seem like a small issue. I don't believe that's small. And I think first and foremost, the whole issue of believing that we can command angels and that we can commission angels and then focusing so much on spiritual warfare in this capacity, which there is spiritual warfare, but it's also important that we understand it from a biblical approach. It, it gets way on the other side of the field in the hyper charismatic movements in the NAR when you start talking about spiritual warfare and there's usually a bigger focus on demons than on angels when you're talking about spiritual warfare and there's territorial spirits and that that people believe in spiritual mapping and prayer walking and and there's nothing wrong with praying but there are certain things that people think that if I do these certain things and I use my authority then God will move and as opposed to recognizing that God is sovereign. I mean, it, it, and it comes back to this many times in these arguments is ignoring the sovereignty of God, making more of ourselves than we should, making more of demons and angels and focusing on them rather than focusing on Christ and exalting him and recognizing um, the, the purpose that angels serve and who they serve and who they obey. Uh, those are important things. And so I wanted to point that out. And you'll probably point it out again when we listen to him talking to Dutch Sheets here. That seems like a big discrepancy. I mean, you're going from saying a, in, a couple months ago in March to these leaders in Alaska, well, I saw this vision of these four angels on the north, south, east, and west. And then I see 51 angels around the United States and their swords were in their sheaths. But now in July, when he's first seeing this, he's saying that their swords were readied. So I don't know which one it is. I mean, let's listen and see if there's anything else to hear. And then we're going to move on to his discussion with Dutch Sheets on Giving 15. Don't want to over, ever oversay anything more than what I see. Those angels now have readied their sword and the commander angels have been assigned. Now, starting here and how we worship is how those angels will begin to do their work in this nation. So it seems as if he's, he is essentially placing the burden on people to say, whatever you do in this, in this service, in this gathering right now is going to determine how these angels respond. 
And I just find it very interesting. Again, it's placing the emphasis and putting man at the center of everything. It puts us at the center and that we're in charge and that we have a that we have power and we have authority and God is nowhere to be seen. I mean, he's not exalting the Lord in this. He's not uh, lifting up the name of God in in this matter. It's all placed on this vision and on the these angels and that they are going to go in and, and incur judgment or blessing on each state. Let me just remind you too about what scripture says. I mean, individually we see even in the New Testament, each of us will be responsible and accountable for our lives individually. And we are going to stand before the Lord and and be accountable in those things, whether depending on if you're a believer or an unbeliever will have the judgment incurred upon them because they rejected Christ. We will stand in uh, before God clothed in Christ's righteousness because of Christ, not because of anything we've done that, that any merit that's our own, but it's because of Christ. But there is this almost this undertone of this Christian nationalism with with this movement, too. Um, and I know that's been addressed by tried to be addressed anyway from the, the standard statement that was sent out months ago. And I have not talked about Christian nationalism at all at this time. Um, I may do so in the future with regards to the NAR. But at any rate, I don't agree with a lot of the things that they are uh, proposing and that they're perpetuating in that in that situation, in that circumstance. I think it definitely um, is, is concerning when man is put at the center and it's stated that we're given all this power and all this authority. And if based on our responses, what angels can do, if we, if we do A, B, and C, then that de- determines what can be done. And again, that is, it seems that it's denying and negating the sovereignty of God. And it's denying who is really in control and who has all the power and who is omnipresent, who is omnipotent, who is omniscient, who is all sufficient. And so I wanted to to throw that point out there to give you something to think about, give myself something to think about. Whenever we're thinking about the things that are going on in this earth, the sin, the wickedness that's going on, our ultimate answer should be the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't need a vision of angels that we don't we don't know whether or not if their if their swords are sheathed or not. We don't need all this um mumbo jumbo, this mystical talk that really again is so convoluted and so just uh, confusing to listen to that it's not bringing true clarity and it's not pointing people back to the truth of the word of God and and focusing on well when this certain feast happens which as believers we're not told that we have to practice the feasts we understand that the feasts point to Christ and what he has fulfilled and what he has done by by the gospel, by the truth of the word of God that brings us into fellowship with Christ, that points us to the truth of our need for Christ, our need for um, forgiveness of our sins and redemption and reconciliation. So I want to play one more clip and then we're going to talk about um, some verses in scripture. It's not going to be exhausted by any means, but I want to point you back to some scriptures that tell us, you know, what did angels do? In scripture, what did they serve? Did they come and play in dollhouses with, with kids? Did they... Um, come and just hang out and that they were assigned to someone's ministry and that uh, that you can name a Bible translation uh, essentially after them. I understand that Brian Simmons has pushed back on that and I've seen a recent interview of that. But nevertheless, he stated these words in the radio broadcast. This is very difficult to find. You won't find it on YouTube. Again, that's that's concerning. And then when you have other people, Kevin Zedai, that, that takes numerous trips to heaven, and Kat Kerr does thousands of trips to heaven. They talk to angels and, and do all these things that can't be verified and very much contradict Scripture. All the things that they're saying, and Bobby Connor was talking about the angel that they were yelling back and forth each other because they startled one. I mean, it's just... I have to ask, who is being exalted (laughs) when you hear these stories? Is Christ being exalted or is that person being exalted because they're so special that they saw angels? It's like Chris Vallotton when he saw uh, the angel with uh, that Michael the archangel in the wrestling tights at the end of his bed and that he just looked mad. I mean, these stories are just so sensational that they really... Are, are sensationalized to where they seem entertaining and then 
people don't call them a lot of times people don't call them into question because of who it is because well it must be authentic because this person is highly respected and they have a massive following there can't possibly be any foolishness or falsehood going with on with this right it must be authentic it must be real because I really respect this person and look up to them and they are anointed so of course they're going to see angels all the time and of course they're going to take trips to heaven and of course they're going to have all these super spiritual things that happen to them but that person is being exalted in those accounts. Christ is not being exalted. But when we look at scripture, as we will, that we're going to see that angels served a specific purpose. They didn't come just to entertain. They didn't come just to hang out. They didn't come just to, uh, to hang over your shoulder while you're writing a book and startle you. They, they don't come just to do that. And they're not bored by any means. My goodness, they're, they worship God. I <laughs> mean, so anyway, I'm, I'm going to get on a soapbox and I need to stop. So let me get on to Dutch Sheets. So a Dutch Sheets and Chuck Pierce had a conversation um, within a um, short period of time after this Destiny image uh, clip was shared. Let's hear what they have to say about the same vision. Without uh, taking any more time from these gentlemen, let me just hand it to Chuck and say, Chuck, what's on your heart to talk about today? Well, first of all, it's an honor being with you two. And uh, Dutch, I do want to say that Destiny Im Image uh, yesterday promoted uh, prophetic, uh, uh, the prophetic destiny of a nation. So all of you out there that, that do not have that book, I want to encourage you to get it because it's just mm -hmm. as important today as it was when we wrote it. Now, one, one thing I want to do, especially since Tim is here with us, is go back to something that occurred at his church in December 2017. Uh, that was the month God visited me, and I've tried to do a couple of overheads to show you. I, I woke up uh, from a dream and standing in, it wasn't a dream once I woke up, and standing in my place where I seek the Lord was this incredible angelic being. And I asked him who he was, and he said that he was the angel of war for the harvest. And so uh, he then showed me the world and timed the harvest ahead. And he would, uh, certain nations, certain states in America uh, would all of a sudden have these incredible crystal harvest uh, sheaves of wheat uh, rise up, and uh, therefore I could see where harvest was going to be, and yet it was a war angel for harvest. So before we get into what happened in South Carolina when they were there, he's sharing this vision of this angelic being at the end of his bed, and he's actually holding up in the video a crystal looking um, structure that's supposed to resemble wheat. And so he's talking about how this is the angel of harvest or the angel of war that is coming to gather the harvest. Let's keep going. That leads me to a place and why I shared it first at Tim's church was because Tim is so in-depth in his understanding of angels. And uh, the angel and I had a conversation, which I was in fear and trembling of how he would begin uh, to train how the Lord would begin to, the Lord of the harvest would begin to train us for this next five years that uh, we are in. And that brings me to this year that we're entering into. This is a year of divine recovery and opening up new supply lines. And therefore, uh, with this year that we have entered into, I believe uh, what a divine recovery means is we turn to a we return to a state of authority where we are in the place of rulership that we should be in, and especially all of you kingdom people, we need to understand that. What does that mean? <laughs> I would like to know what that means. There more detail, but that's not going to be provided. So you're supposed to automatically know what that is because you're a kingdom person. And so you should know what that means. And so the supply lines are going to be opened up and you've got to reestablish uh, your authority in, in taking back what needs to be taken back. Pretty clear. Okay, well, let's keep going. And something happened when Dutch and I, Tim, were in and all of you out there, we were in South Carolina at one of the very most important sovereignly uh, uh gathered meetings that I that we have been in I, I think in the past year and we were at 
the uh, Citadel, and it was the first time they had had a meeting, a Christian meeting in uh, from the outside, and it was so important for our nation for the war ahead. And while we were there, Dutch was speaking, and the Lord caught me up and showed me something happening in and around America. Now, let me show you that on the screen. He showed me these four key war angels that had surrounded America. Uh, if you'll notice the one that aligns with uh, Alaska and on the other side of Hawaii, these four angels were ruling angels from north, south, east, and west. And then something happened. All of a sudden, angels surround, 51 angels surrounded America. Now, I, I, I don't know. I just saw it. And I saw 51. And the Lord began to speak to me and said, I am getting ready to commission change. I just wanted to stop there for a moment and explain that on the video, he shows the same visual aid that he showed in the Zoom, on the Zoom call of March of this year with the leaders in Alaska. So the four angels that were uh, governing those geographical locations, and then the 51 angels around. Now, one of the questions that comes to mind when I think about this, and I think about the teachings that are in the New Apostolic Reformation, and the hyper-charismatic that hold to this spiritual warfare and believe that there are territorial spirits and that uh, that there are seven mountains that, of influence that we need to take over and that there are territorial spirits in, on these seven mountains and that uh, in order for the, the kingdom to fully come, that the apostles need to um, establish rulership over these seven mountains and be victorious and we can give the kingdom over to Jesus and I find it interesting that he mentions about these angels that are governing, and now there's a shift and a focus on the angels that are governing. There's little to any talk now of these demonic entities, depending on who you talk to. I mean, they're depending on the leaders that you listen to. And so that these angels are just, it, it would appear that they're just going to um, be at our beck and call, and whatever we say to do, there's not going to be any any fight whatsoever. It's it's just going to happen. So where did all the, where did these demonic entities go that were principalities and these territorial spirits? So have they all been conquered now? And I'm I'm being facetious when I say this, but it just I hope that you see the the discrepancies here in these teachings. It's like they go for it's from one extreme to a next to the next of saying, well, all these demonic entities, they're ruling on these mountains and we have to conquer these mountains and we've got to do all of these things and jump through all these hoops and we've got to worship and we've got to praise and we've got to join these conferences and go to stadium meetings and we've got to pray in tongues for hours on end and we've got to decree and declare and demand and rebuke and, and, and bind up all these demons. Now there's no talk of that. It's these, well, there's all these angelic beings and listen, once again, as I've said many times, I'm not denying the existence of demons or Satan and I'm certainly not ex denying the existence of angels angels because scripture talks about demons talks about satan and talks about angels but I, I i make this appeal again who is being exalted what is being exalted what is the focus when talking about all these things that are talked about in the movement is the gospel truly going forth now i know that there are discrepancies when you even listen in this movement that people will make a distinction between uh, areas of the gospel and they'll say about the gospel of the kingdom is what's supposed to go forth, almost making a distinction that that's not the gospel that, that Jesus came to bring. And I would argue that they are one and the same, recognize that they're not two separate entities in and of themselves. It's, it's the same gospel. Should be anyway. But at any rate, th those are questions to ask. What What is going forth here? Who is being exalted? What is being exalted? What's being focused on? Have I, I have not heard yet one Bible verse in that's being alluded to or that's being discussed in order to encourage believers in Christ in the way they should walk and who their trust is in, who their hope is in. It's all focused on this vision of these angels. Okay. So at any rate, just wanted to talk about that, but let's continue on to hear what he has to say, and let's see where these angels have their swords in what he tells Dutch Sheets. And he began to tell me how these angels, and they all had uh, their swords in their sheath. So that said, they were not ready to be sent for war yet. 
And yet I knew that they had surrounded America. Now I want to encourage each one of you, America is now surrounded by a supernatural angelic uh, force. And then he showed me that in April, how uh, things would start changing rapidly. Each one of these angels would be sent to a state. Before we finish up with what he's going to say about the states, once again, I want to just point this out one last time. The swords were sheathed in March of this year. He told the leaders in Alaska, the swords were sheathed. But yet in July of last year, when he's saying that this happened in in South Carolina at the Citadel, he told the people on that platform that the swords were readied, that the, the angels had their swords out and they were readied. Which is it? <laughs> I mean, which is it? I don't think we're going to get an answer, but let's finish up with this. And then we're going to look at what the word has to say about angels. And uh, that state would uh, come under a divine choice for the future. And uh, if that state didn't choose, then, and it would be harvest one way or the other, because you're harvested based upon uh, what you've sown. And all of a sudden, that angel was going to heart start harvesting that state based upon what had been sown in the past season and what had been aligned with. So I want to encourage you, uh, your prayers. Uh, I know Dutch, you and Tim are so focused on America, where I have remained focused more in China and Russia and many other nations, but I know when God calls me to America, and he usually calls me to be with you uh, when uh, I'm called to America because I need that apostolic covering. I want to say to all of us, beginning in April, there will start being great changes in harvesting America, and that means uh, how we have sown God will begin to make it very clear what is happening in each state. And he goes on to tell Dutch and Tim, both because of their prayers that they have lifted up, that that has brought forth this angelic host, it sounds like, from what he's describing. And it continues to say that uh, what will happen in April of this year, that's already come and gone, um, that that will determine how we move forward in the harvest and the change that's brought forth, and that that will be manifested in how what was in what was sown by the states. Does that sound is that clear? Did I make that clear? I don't know if that's clear or not, but I hope it is. <laughs> I apologize again. I just have such difficulty listening to him. I feel like I, um, I feel less intelligent after I've listened. <laughs> to him speak. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to him. I, I It's pseudo profound. I That's the best way I can explain it. I, I come away feeling dumb listening to him because I think I don't get it all what he's saying. It's so, again, convoluted. It's not specific. It's so vague and general that I leave thinking I, I'm confused. And the gospel is how people come to Christ. There's That's not changed in 2,000 years. I'm sorry, that's not changed. The gospel is still the answer. The word of God, the gospel being proclaimed from the word of God is still the answer. That That's not changed. There's nothing different that, that we need to do. The word of God makes it clear what we are to do as believers. We're to proclaim the gospel. We're to pray. We're to seek God in all matters. It, it, it's just very simple. It, it makes it so much more difficult with some of these things that are done that it's all the burden is all placed on you and what you do and how you pray and how you do all these things. And if you don't do all these things, well, then it's, you know, then God can't do what he wants to do because his hands are tied and he's waiting on you to use your power and authority. Does that sound like the God of Scripture? Does it sound like that? Uh, where was God? That's what that's what I'd like to know in all of this that you heard. I'm going to bring it down a little bit. In all of this that you heard, that I listed, where was God in all of this? Where was Christ exalted? Where was the gospel proclaimed? Where was man or and woman made less of and God was made much of? Where was his word explained and exposited and brought forth to glorify him? 
I'll just leave you with those questions with that. Now, I want to switch gears and talk about Scripture and what angels actually did based on what Scripture says. I think what we'll see in just reading what Scripture has to say, and I encourage you to look at, at the Word of God on, on your own time and see, you know, what, what did angels do in Scripture? Is it what these people are saying in this movement that's taking place and that the focus is all on them? What did angels do? Well, first and foremost, we need to understand that uh, angels are created beings and their main function is to serve and to worship God. That is the main function that, that they do, that they were created for. And we do see that they are in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. They are messengers. They uh, can occasionally come and, and appear as uh, regular men, as humans. We don't see them in Scripture coming as women or children. They are represented as men. Um, we can see, for example, that um, when we look at Genesis 18 and 19, when you go into Genesis 19, you're going to see the account where they, uh, two, of, two angels went into Sodom, and they go to get Lot and his family. And I want to read some of these things to you that they say so you can kind of hear, and also at the same time, see what purpose they served. In Genesis chapter 19, verse 1, for example, I'll just read this. It says, The two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. And when Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth and said, My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go your way. They said, no, we will spend the night in the town square. But he pressed them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread. And they ate. As you go on to verses 12 and 13, uh, the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here? Sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city, bring them out of the place. For we are about to destroy this place because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And they go on to con to continue to get Lot and his family out of the city because it's going to be destroyed by God because of the, the gross sin that's going on there in those cities. So we can see here that the angels, they carry out messages to people. That's one of the main things they did. We see in Judges 13, for example, the, the mother of Samson, that an angel of the Lord came to her and prophesied to her, essentially delivered a message from God about the uh, conception and birth of Samson and what he would do, that he would be a Nazarite, how he was to be raised. Luke chapter 1, verse 13, and also in verse 30, we see that angels came to both uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth to tell them about the uh, birth of John the Baptist. We see the angel said, do not fear, in verse 13 of Luke 1, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. We also see in verse 30, an angel came to Mary said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of God, the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. As we go on into Luke chapter 2, we can see uh, the beautiful account of the shepherds and the angels. In uh, verse 8 of Luke 2, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So we see here that the angels, just in these examples, the angels came with a purpose and it was God's purpose. They came to deliver a message, a vital message, not to play in dollhouses, but they came to deliver a vital message that testified of God. 
whether it was his judgment, whether it was a promise that he was bringing, whether it was a divine revelation as he gave to Ezekiel. There, were, there was an angel that gave Ezekiel instruction about the temple, about the uh, eschatological things to come, about the new Jerusalem that we can draw from. That There are many different things that an angel came and showed Ezekiel. These all ultimately glorified God. They pointed back to God and who sent that angel. And Ezekiel didn't commission that angel. Daniel didn't commission angels when he was praying and fasting. God sent an angel in response to Daniel's praying and fasting. That was not was not Daniel's doing. That was God's kindness and grace being extended to these people to show them and to reveal things that God wanted revealed in his own sovereign time and in his own way. And it was not to highlight the special of the the special anointing of that person. It was to point back to God. So God sent, sends angels to first of all to deliver a message because they are messengers, they're helpers. But he also the, the angels also exist to worship God. Their their response in Luke two I mean, is enough. The host, the multitude of hosts that joined with that angel, and they began to lift up the name of God. Let me tell you something. If anybody claims to see an angel, and it's all about their experience, and all about something that they got, there, there's no warning uh, that pointing back to, to Christ and, and to all these other things in the proper context, I'm going to say that you need to not listen to that person. I'm reminded of Colossians chapter 2. I don't know if it's appropriate or not, but it, it just came to my remembrance when I was thinking about this. When Paul is writing this letter to the believers in Colossae. He says in verse 16, Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels. And I know people will say that they're not worshiping angels, but when you focus on angels and that's all you focus on and Christ is nowhere to be found, it's concerning. Paul goes on saying, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with the growth that is from God. Paul was even warning in that time. This was one of the the 26 of the 27 letters New Testament that Paul is warning in this situation of false teaching that is creeping in. And in their time, it was the Judaizers and and, and Gnostics and, and others that were um, denying the incarnation of Christ, and they were bringing legalism with it and another gospel. And so, you know, we see here that there, again, Jesus is nowhere to be found in all of this. It's all a focus on angels and on all the power and authority that rests upon us and what we can do. And it's it's really concerning when you see teachings like this and people grabbing onto them. We know that angels carry out the will of God as he directs them. We see in Acts chapter 7, verse 53, when Stephen is speaking to those that are calling him into question, he reminds them that they received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. We see in the book of Revelation, um, Revelation 1.1, I'll read that to you real quick. And again, I would just encourage you to do some studying on this on your own, a a brief study, if you will, just to take a a look and see what did angels do uh, based on what scripture says. Revelation 1.1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. So again, we see that angels, they their main purpose, uh, in addition to worshiping God, is to serve the what God's will is and to carry it out, to carry out his instructions and his commands. Um, They serve God in the heavenly court. We can see that numerous times. They make up God's army. Uh, Angels are uh, sometimes identified as winged creatures. And we see the seraphim and the cherubim described as that that in scripture. As we go on, we can uh, continue to see that angels... They're integral in uh, Christ's return. We can see this in Matthew 25, 31, Acts 1, 11, where this is talked about uh, that the angels did that Jesus would uh, bodily and visibly come again to earth. So we see that in these verses. We also know that angels are integral in the final judgment. So there is angelic involvement in divine judgment, both in the Old Testament and the New 
Testament. Uh, for example, in 2 Kings 19.35, the angel of the Lord put to death 185,000 Assyrians. And we can also read in 2 Samuel 24.16 about the angel of the Lord that brought death to the children of Israel until the Lord told him to stay his hand at Jerusalem. I wanted to also read to you in Exodus chapter 14, verses 19 and 20. So let's go there. And one of the, the reference that I'm using that might be helpful, it's, it's the Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary. Uh, a lot of times if you want to look up a certain topic, you can invest in a Bible Dictionary and that may help you. So it can guide you in some of your biblical studies. And so that was helpful for this particular topic. So Exodus chapter 14, verses 19 and 20 says, Then the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness, and it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. So we see that this angel that was commissioned by God was there to defend the, the Israelites and to keep them and deliver them out of the destruction of the Egyptians. And essentially the Egyptians were destroyed. And we, we also see in the New Testament that the angels bring immediate judgment as well as future or final judgment. So one of the example of immediate judgment was in Acts 12:23, the death of Herod, where he immediately strikes Herod down. He takes he uses an angel, God sends an angel to strike Herod dead because of his self-idolatry that he committed and that he did not repent of it. Uh, we also see uh, the final judgment taking place in the book of Revelation. There are numerous passages in Revelation 8 uh, Revelation 9, Revelation 16, Revelation 18, 19. There are many different passages in the book of Revelation that we see God utilizing his angels, commanding his angels and commissioning them to, in, to uh, dole out the final judgment that God has. Um, I found this other passage interesting too in Matthew chapter 26, verse 53 in the Garden of Gethsemane. We see Jesus having a dialogue with Peter when, when Peter cuts the, the soldier's ear off, remember that? And we see Jesus uh, talking to him and correcting him. And in verse, uh, verse 53 of chapter 26, Jesus saying to Peter, he says, put your sword back in verse 52 into its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? So Jesus could have called down legions of angels to save him even from the cross, but he didn't do it. He knew that the scripture must be fulfilled in order for the redemption to take place, for the gospel to be complete, for it to be finished, for our atonement, for our sin. So we see, again, the angels were utilized. Angels were, were sent to... to um, provide assistance to um, to minister to Jesus, both after the temptation in the wilderness and in the Garden of Gethsemane, after he was uh, sweating drops of blood. We see that uh, Revelation 14, 14 through 16 says the Son of Man will gather the grain harvest, which is the believers, while Revelation 14, 17 through 20 describes angels as gathering the unbelievers for the purpose of judgment. And we even see Matthew 13, 36 through 43 again, um, the, the reference of the angels gathering the non-repentant people for Christ's judgment so that they may be cast into the fire. So my point in, in sharing all this with you, and, and we can even go to uh, Acts 12 when uh, Peter is in prison and the people are praying for him to be released. And there's an angel that comes and releases Peter. I mean, this, this is an amazing account of God's grace to him. And, and Peter in verse 11 says, after the, the angel set him loose and leads him out and then immediately left him. And in verse 11, it says, Peter came to himself and he said, now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Now, me sharing all this with you, does that mean that I don't believe that angels don't assist us today? I, no, that, absolutely not. I do believe that angels assist today, but they do not assist based on our command. They assist on the command of God, on his sovereign command. 
his will and what he wants being what he wants fulfilled. And what my concern is that when we have these claims of angelic hosts and that we commission angels and it's based on what we do in a service and and how we respond to the angels and that they're going to go into all these states, which again, that's also very problematic to me. You have believers that are in these 50 states, not 51 states, in these 50 states. And you're going to sit there and say that God's judgment is going to be doled out based on if they live in that state or not, because of what that, that, that state will be judged. Again, we must go back to individual people will be judged, will be held accountable for their actions. These beliefs that are perpetuated, this focus on spiritual warfare and what we do, what we do, rather than taking a biblical approach to spiritual warfare and teaching people what true spiritual warfare looks like and what God's word tells us to do and trusting him rather than focusing and saying we have all this power and authority and we need to utilize it and almost taking again I've talked about this before about this open theistic view um, and even maybe even a deistic view of, of thinking well you know God's just sitting back and his hands are tied or he's just taking his hands off and he's left us in charge that's not the God of the Bible. <laughs> he is very much involved in our lives and he is very much sovereign. And that has not changed and it never will change. And let me just put you at ease. If you've put your stock in someone like Kat Kerr, for example, who says that she can tell angels to come after you if you called her into question or anything like that, she's incorrect and it's unbiblical and it's, that's a false teaching. And you don't need to be fearful of that. The one you need to fear is God. Making those claims like that, that puts that person at the center. Do you see? I hope that you see that. That puts that person at the center and you're focusing on that person and the power that they claim to wield rather than fearing God. And then she's speaking on behalf of God saying that. Lord, have mercy on those people that are making those claims. Lord, have mercy on people that are focusing so much on these dreams and visions and all this alleged power and authority that they have, and they are not exalting Christ, and they are not proclaiming the true gospel. God, have mercy on them. I encourage you, understand that angels do exist, but they don't exist for you to commission them and for you to command them or for me to command and demand things from them because we they serve us and they help us. We recognize to whom they belong, who created them, why he created them, for what purpose he created them, and that he's the one that commands them. He's the one that commissions them, and they go for a purpose that ultimately glorifies him and points back to him and what he has instructed or what he has done and who he is. That, that's it. I mean, scripture makes that pretty clear what angels come to do. They come to um, to serve and they come to fulfill what God has said to do and his will and his ways. That And that includes judgment. So I, I hope that you, you'll take note of that and, and remember as you're looking at these teachings and maybe you've come out of them and that's been a struggle for you, is that we must understand the place that creation has versus where God is and that God must be the focus. If he's not the focus and the focus is all of these dreams and visions and these angelic, these alleged angelic encounters and all these things that take place, then we've got to ask who's being exalted. And we've got to ask, is this really the truth or is this a distraction? Is this a myth? Is this just a distraction that's leading me astray and it's not leading me back to Christ? It's leading me back to myself. It's leading me back to this person who I am going to idolize and think that they're the best thing since sliced bread and they're so anointed and I have to listen to them and follow them because they've had all these claims of these angelic encounters and these demonic encounters and all these great exploits that they're not even true. They're leading me away from Christ. We're supposed to go back to what the word of God as the truth, the standard of truth that we rest upon, the foundation foundation of truth. We don't need to pay attention to all these dreams and visions. We need to look to Christ for our hope, but to, we need to look to Christ. And a true angel of the Lord would even say, look to Christ. Don't look at for me for hope. Look to Christ. I hope that this has helped you today. <laughs> and I, I hope that 
as you listen to these episodes and and I'm a fallible person. Let me let me just lay that on the line too. I mean, I recognize my own sinfulness at at times and my own um fallible ways and and knowing that that I'm still a work in progress. That thank the Lord he's sanctifying me day by day and that he is conforming me into the image of Christ day by day. And that doesn't always look how I want it to, and it's not going to always look how you want it to either. But I ask for his help, and I trust that he'll do that, and I hope that you'll do the same. I mean, aside from this topic we're talking about today, I just want to encourage you in that. As your fellowship in Christ, it's not based on your perfection or your ability to have all these dreams and visions and these encounters that you can claim like claim to. Because when it's all said and done, the true gospel is based on his merit, not yours. It's based on what Christ did. You being adopted and being in the in the family of God, being a co-heir with Christ, has nothing to do with your claim to dreams, visions, angelic encounters, demonic encounters, great exploits, miracle signs and wonders. When it's all said and done, you can claim nothing. When we stand before God, we are going to, tr- believers in Christ, we are going to point to him and say, he's the reason I'm here. He's the reason that I'm able to stand before God righteous, not because of anything I've done or that I can claim any anointing, but because of him, because of his doing, because he's cleansed me and he's made me new and he's justified me. And now I can rejoice and I have hope. Have You have hope in this world. And your hope is not found in four uh, angels at the north, south, east, and west, and 51 angels around the United States. And let me also say this too. The United States is not the center of the world. Okay? I think a lot of times in, in this Western culture, there's such a focus on the United States and that we, are, we think we're God's gift. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of wickedness, and it's pretty obvious. I, I'm, I'm being Captain Obvious right now. But there's a lot of sin and wickedness in every country of the world, on every continent. And the answer is not angelic visions of this and then being so vague and muddied in your explanation that it could apply any time. And then there's a huge discrepancy in your angelic vision of the angels having their swords sheathed or not sheathed. The answer is the gospel. I've enjoyed our time together today. And if you've enjoyed this podcast and you found it helpful, I hope that you'll consider leaving a five-star review. And I hope that you'll reach out to me if you have questions or just want to comment. And you can reach me at dawn at lovesubscribe.com. And I always enjoy our time together here. And I love uh, learning with you. So I look forward to our time together again as we cover another topic. And I hope that you have a blessed week as you go forward and spend time in the word daily. It's so vital that you do that as a believer in Christ and continue in your fellowship and growing and loving his word and loving the one who is the word. Be blessed today by the truth of God's word. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at lovesickscribe. And if you enjoy reading, feel free to hop on over to lovesickscribe.com and subscribe to my blog. I've enjoyed being with you today, and I look forward to our next time together as we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and we continue to grow together in loving the Word and loving the one who is the Word, Jesus Christ. Blessings to you.